September 26th and 27th is the third annual Manitoba Podcast Festival. This year's event takes place exclusively online, and you can participate for free. Visit the Manitoba Podcast Festival on social media for more information as we get closer to the date. To the Strong Geek Podcast with your host Sean Arama and uh, uh, Fast Freight Fingers. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, how's your week been? My week, mm-hmm. my week's been great. Um, we uh, let's see, Tuesday we had to take Wilson in uh, to get snipped. So who? Uh, Wilson, or sorry, Winston. <laughs> like Wilson, is there Wilson. a second cat I don't know about? There's another one. No, no Winston. Yeah, so we brought him and and had him uh, checked and had had that all done with. So we dropped him off about uh, eight o'clock, and then we picked him up about three uh, thirty. And uh, he was pretty spry. I was surprised. <laughs> I wouldn't be spry. <laughs> no. And then uh, we got him home, and it's like, okay, well. You know, what do we do? Do we take the, the litter box and bring it upstairs? So I did that. I or I had another box I used, and then I put the litter upstairs and figured, well, we don't want him running around. But it's like it didn't phase him. He's running around all over the place. Was he uh, wearing the cone of shame? No, no, he wasn't wearing the cone of shame. But uh, he went to the uh, the litter box. And where he had surgery... I guess must have been wet. <laughs> so, oh, when you got yeah. out, when you got out of the litter, litter box, um, yeah, he was kind of coated with uh, with kitty litter in the spots where I guess they had he had a surgery done. So, oh no! Yeah, so he was walking around and we're like, oh my god, how are we gonna get that off? And figure, oh, well, god. we can't we can't put him in the tub because I mean, it's it, the, the stitches and that are, you know, I don't know if they if they get wet, if something happens right away, because they're, they're, they're dissolving ones, so we don't have to bring them back or anything. Yeah. Which is nice. But, um, yeah. Uh, uh, I don't know. He he ended up, he was cleaning himself, I guess, and it, it all kind of fell off, so that was okay. And then, okay. Yeah, once that was done, then, you know, he uh, he was laying in the K litter uh, for some reason. So, uh, ended up, you know, we figured the way he was running around everywhere, there was, there was no way that, uh, you know, going down the stairs was going to do him any harm. Like he was jumping like on furniture and stuff. Yep. So I just brought, I brought the thing back downstairs, but because he was laying in this basket, I figured, well, maybe he wants to use it as a bed. So we grabbed um, a blanket and, uh, we put it inside and uh, he, he hasn't been around it. <laughs> so, yeah, so that was kind of a waste of time. But, yeah, but overall, he's he's doing well. He's pretty spy. He's he's a little more, uh, he's, I can call it affectionate. He's a little more affectionate. Um, usually when you rub him around the ears, he's, you know, kind of seems a little bit, not annoyed, but just scares him or something. But now he seems to like it a little more, so. Yeah. Um, when Luna got fixed, yeah, I think she was way more affectionate afterwards too. I mean, she's super affectionate now, as you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. But uh, post surgery was like, oh, I'm so happy to be home. I'm so happy with you. I don't know what happened. I don't know where I was. I don't know what happened. You just kind of see that, like, I need you right now, really bad. <laughs> Love right. me. Yeah. Well, I guess when they when they come out of it and then they see you there and you're taking care of them, so obviously that they. They attach, but I, but I am a believer now that, uh, it's the cat that chooses you. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So oh God. Yeah. So that's pretty, uh, it's pretty cool. It's neat when you're, you're just sitting there on the, on the couch and then the cat comes out and puts both of his paws on your, on your arm and then sets his head on there. So he's like, he's at home. 
Pretty cool. Look up uh, Phil. <clears throat> Phil McCracken? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no. Phil Pro Yetis. So it's P R O. Okay, I'm, I'm doing like a Google, Google search or? Yeah, do a Google search, yeah. Okay, so it's Phil. Pro Eddy, so P R O. P R O. Listeners, type it in. <laughs> Pro P R O I E T T I. T T I. Okay, it says musical artist. Okay. okay, now also type in Paul Stanley. Phil, Phil Peretti, Paul Stanley. Oh, just. What's the first thing that comes up? Paul Stanley, Phil's Poetti, Detroit Rock City. There you go. Click on that. Okay. Poetti. Is he the guy who played like plays with Queen? No. Sorry, what are you okay. <laughs> we obviously can't like am I, am I hearing your are you uh are we hearing your audio? Oh I oh I turned it off, but it, it it was okay. coming. It was it was coming through mine, but it was coming through okay. my headphones only. Oh, okay. Um, okay. So Paul Stanley, Phil Peretti, Detroit Rock City, and Love Gun, virtual jam. So did you did you listen at all? Like just a little bit. No, just now. Yeah. Yeah. And he's singing it. So, I'm trying to figure this out. Okay. It sounds like, so during COVID, one of the things that's going on during COVID, this is something I kind of want to talk about because this is something that you and I kind of tried to do and didn't really do so successfully. Okay. But um, what Paul Stanley has been doing from home and what Bruce Kulick has been doing from home and a million other artists is they're in their living room. They hook up their their Facebook Live or their YouTube account or whatever. Mm-hmm. And and record a, a virtual concert from the living room. So Paul Stanley's been doing a bunch of them, and he's just you know him and a guitar, and then he kind of tells a bit of a like a storyteller sort of segment where he's telling a story with the song or you know where they recorded it or, or whatever. Right. And I've I've watched a few of these because you know as much as I hate Kiss, I still love them. <laughs> <laughs> love hate relationship. I, I can't stand Paul Stanley. I cannot stand him. But how many interviews with him do I watch? It's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, it's it seems like, and I could be wrong. And I and I wanted to do kind of a virtual or what do we call those or or headlines or incorrect headlines um, on this. I didn't want to deep dig too deep mm-hmm. on who this guy is or what he's doing. But it looks like this guy is taking clips from Paul Stanley's at home stuff where Paul Stanley's just playing. Right. And he's taking that video, downloading it and playing along to it. So what he'll have like on his screen here, right? he'll have um, one screen of himself playing guitar. Right. Mm-hmm. And then he'll have the other screen, which is Paul Stanley playing his guitar from that video that he just downloaded. <laughs> So he just and in this particular one, he's got a drummer playing along as well. So they're basically jamming with. It's like you playing along, like you, like you know, when you're in your office or whatever, and you're playing along. You're you've got a you found a Van Halen track that doesn't have the guitar in it. You're just playing along to it. Right. It's literally what they're doing, but it's a video of Paul Stanley. So what this looks like is he's that's what he's doing. He's taking that. And playing along to it. So, and the reason I think this is the case is because I'm looking at how many views this thing's got. Not that many. How many likes it's got. Not that many. So, I don't think this is an endorsed thing at all. (laughs) But how is this guy getting away with doing this? And he's got a, a whole bunch of them. Well, like he's got a whole ton of them. Either he hasn't been noticed yet and kind of been under the radar, or who knows? 
It's hard to say. So this guy sings on cruises. He's a cruise ship entertainer guy. That's what he is. Okay, so he has uh, he already has people that he knows from production that can do this that type of thing. I guess so. Yeah, he's already in the business. So, but I I did notice that Bruce Kulick made a comment about him. Oh, which so and I think so he got noticed. He did a bunch of. So the first thing I thought was, because Bruce Kulick, he, he, he rents himself out to people, right? Mm-hmm. You give him a bunch of money and he will play guitar on your, on your song. Like, you know, like uh, there's a band in uh, Sweden or Norway or something. And uh, they really wanted Bruce Kulick on their song. Mm-hmm. So they, I don't know how they got him, but I'm assuming, you know, it's uh, you rent a celebrity fee or something. I'm you sure know, he's he got came a fee. In and, yeah, he probably has. Oh, a I'm website. sure he does. Yeah, and like you know, nothing wrong with that at all. Like, hey, you know, like it's COVID and it's hard to get things done, and they're in Norway and everything's virtual now. So, right. You know, sure. You know, here's you know five thousand bucks or ten thousand bucks or whatever the hell it is, and I'll play guitar on your track. You know, they send him the song. He's got a studio in his home. He right. records it, sends it along. You know. It's very, very easy, and it's, you know, for a nominal fee, like, you know, Bruce isn't touring right now, obviously. Right. So, I mean, it gives him something to do, and he can still, you know, make a, a little bit of a little bit of pocket change. Right. So, when I saw this at first, because Bruce, Bruce Kielich linked it on his Facebook page, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, why is he, and I'm listening to this kid. And I'm like, I, I don't know how much of the singing you you heard. How much of the singing did you hear? Uh, I guess enough. Like he's he's decent. Like he's not. He's not super exceptional. No, he's okay. Yeah, he's he's okay, but it, you know, he doesn't stand out. Yeah, for, yeah. For for good reasons, like. So <laughs> I, so I'm thinking, why is Bruce promoting this guy on his Facebook page? So then I'm, I watch it. It's like, oh, okay. It looks like they did a video together, but like virtually. So each person in their own home, whatever. I'm like, so, oh, I'm like, okay. Well, you know, I heard Bruce playing something else, and he endorsed them. And then part of the, I think part of his deal is, you know, I'll promote your product after I play on it. I'll promote it. Right. So he promoted this other band out of Norway or whatever it was, and he's probably just doing the same thing here. So I didn't think too much about it. But then I started watching a few more of these videos, and some of the videos, I'm like, wait a minute, I think I saw that Bruce Kulick thing already, but it was him playing by himself. So I'm like, is this guy just taking the videos and then merging them? So I don't know what this guy's doing, but I know one of the Paul Stanley ones, there's no way Paul Stanley's going to lend himself out to a guy like this. No. Like Bruce Kulick is, you know, he was a hired gun for Kiss. Paul Stanley is Kiss. Like he's, you know, him and Gene are Kiss, so yeah. there's no way Paul Stanley's going to say, yeah, for $10,000, you know, I'll lend my talents to you. You know, unless, like, he's, I, you I, know I, unless he's hurting for money. Oh, he's not hurting for money. <laughs> well, how many ex-wives does he have? Mm, one? I think he might only have one. Yeah. I guess yeah. I guess half isn't bad. It's the half of the half of the half. Then it starts getting tight. Well, yes, exactly, yeah. <laughs> so... I was just, I guess I was just trying to, um, I don't know. I guess I was just trying to figure this out. Like, how does he get away with online? How does he get away with it? And and why would he be promoting it? If well, if he's promoting it, then I would say, okay, it's an inside job. This is a publicity stunt. And that's what yep. that's about. Only because yep. he promoted it. If he would have, you know, went the other way with it, then, you know. With a lawsuit, <laughs> then, the, I, then the I can weird, see it. Like, there's a cre- uh, I can't, I don't know, Creative Commons or whatever it's called. But remember when we we posted, we had that one episode of our show where we played little snippets of songs we were promoting people to listen to, right? And it got pulled down like instantly. So I had looked into uh, the licenses of, of things after that fact, and you know, like like so many people do this. And I don't want to say get away with it, but they're allowed to do it. And how are they allowed to do it? There's no way these 
these YouTubers are paying licenses for this stuff. So I started looking into it a bit more and they've got disclaimers all over the, their description of the video saying, you know, I don't own this song. I'm just, you know, I'm just posting it here. And when you do that, I don't know how exactly how it works, but I guess behind the scenes, it flags it to the artist. So if, for example, this guy says, Hey, this is a kiss song. I didn't write it. The songwriters are, uh, Gene Simmons, and Paul Stanley, uh, this is, you know, copyright kiss 1976, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. If you put all that in your description, there's nothing to prevent you on YouTube anyway to, to do this. As far as I can see, like you can use anyone's song as long as you're properly crediting it to where it goes and any ad revenue that's generated from that person's channel goes directly to the artist instead because they didn't, you know, I think that's how it works. So you this guy's doing this. You can't if you if you make, if you create a YouTube page and you get flagged, it means that there's content in there that that sounds like something that's already you know a song or something that's out there. Right, but so, when when you post the video and you describe it properly, that it's not yours, it, you know you have no ownership over it, and then you you list the ownership rights to to it. I think that's well, that's the the the, the workaround. I, I like I just created one today. And I got flagged, but it just said that I couldn't, you know, th there's different types of licenses or whatever. And one of them is monetary. So I can't, it basically says I can't have any monetary gains from this video. Oh yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. But I was still able to post it. Yep. Yeah. So, so this, so this brings me to, to the point of, of wondering with everyone recording from home, mm -hmm. what's to prevent this becoming a new thing. Uh, people posting themselves playing over top of other people. I assume it's going to end up the same way as they did with Napster. Um, people were downloading songs and the whole music industry is all up in arms. What do we do? What do we do? We're losing all this money. There's all this income. We need a, a way of generating income, you know, uh, with with all this going on, so here came first. It was um, you could buy music online, so it was like, well, that's kind of expensive. And now they went to the internet radio, which is good. Depending if you want a specific song that you want to hear, you may not be able to hear it right away, but it'll give you that kind of genre, depending on mm -hmm. what uh, on what format that you choose. Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. I, I, but here's the thing. I ended up watching a bunch of those guys' videos, generating views for them, mm -hmm. all because I was trying to figure out what the hell is going on. <laughs> so if the guy, and I still don't know, like, I still don't know for sure. Like, okay, maybe he paid Bruce, you know, for a couple of them, you know, the ones that Bruce endorsed. Right. But what about all the other ones? Like, I'm sure he didn't get endorsements from all of them. And it's really weird because he's saying Phil, whatever his name is, with Paul Stanley. So it's like, so what are you saying here? Are you saying that you're making it sound like you're actually jamming with Paul Stanley, but you're not? You're jamming with a recording. So it's almost like false advertising. <laughs> Like a clickbait, like a form of clickbait. Like, oh, wow, this kid must be really good. He's playing with Paul Stanley. Actually, he's not. Well, with today's technology, I mean, you can put, throw yourself in a video from 20 years ago and make it look authentic. So, I mean, all he, all he had to do is put himself in front of a camera and then act out his part and then uh, just uh, superimpose it into one of the... Because you said there were when they were doing them from home, they have like the different squares, right? And each yeah. square has one, one of the people. So then he just takes one square out, puts himself in and, and, uh, presto. Oh, here's another one. Him with John Bon Jovi. <laughs> like, there's no way, man. Like this kid's not talented enough. Like there's no way this is, this is real. 817 views. Like, there's no way this guy's legit. Like, I, I don't know. Just remember we had that big talk about um, Threaten, 
the Jared Threaten guy, the guy who faked, you know, faked the tour and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. Like, this is the same thing. But that's why I'm so fascinated. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's taken from a different angle, but uh, so So I'm called... I am calling out Phil Peretti right now. Phil, if you're listening to the show, and I'm sure you do, because everybody listens to the Strong Geek podcast, I would want you to call in to our show and explain yourself. It's not a, it's not a threat or anything like that. I'm just trying to figure out what the <laughs> fuck is up. Like, I don't know what you're doing, and I really want to know. And the fact that you're blurring the lines on what you do, like, it's not obvious what you're doing. And it, and all the time that I watch these videos, if I haven't figured it out yet, then you're not making it obvious enough. So I want you to come clean, dude. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Inquiring minds want to know. <laughs> so that being said, <laughs> that being said, mm-hmm. um, um, what was I going to say? <laughs> That being I get all distracted. <laughs> I get all distracted here. Mm-hmm. Um, it reminded me of something else that I wanted to talk to you about. I'm going to see if I can send you the clip for this. Ooh. Okay, so we're back. So Todd and I just watched the quarantine video for No, No, No. <laughs> so first off, without knowing anything about the song, mm-hmm. what do you think? Uh... Just trying to figure out what I just watched. Um, <laughs> it, it, yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> it's uh, so so. Like, what what's the musicianship like? Uh, it's it's really good. It's really good. I mean, uh, I'm I'm the singer. Is that Chris yeah. Jericho? Yes, it is. <laughs> oh, <my> <laughs> <God>. <laughs> oh, geez. Wow. That got one of those, those heavy laugh, uh, uh, chokes that you do there. Yeah. Geez. Uh, yeah. I mean, the guitar player was awesome. Uh, drummer, bass player, everyone was awesome. And he was singing. I'm like, what? he looks familiar weirdish and i'm thinking you know who in the 80s and i'm thinking no <laughs> it's got to be chris yep so it's chris jericho the drummer is from the luke bryan band okay kent solution which i didn't know that uh a country uh drummer could do double bass <laughs> well <laughs> a little surprise there the uh, the guitar player is from a Kiss cover band called uh, Classic Seventy Eight. Okay. Joe McGinnis and the bass player is PJ Farley from Trickster. Yeah, I don't know if you remember Trickster from the late eighties, uh, early nineties. Yeah, uh, he looks more like one of the Backstreet Boys now. So <laughs> he totally does. <laughs> So when he used to dye his mustache and his beard so that it looks so oh yeah. so dark and crisp. So this song is actually a Kiss song. The quarantine one? Yeah, this is actually a Kiss written song. Like a Kiss song written in the studio and people are aware of it? Or is this... Yeah, yeah. And it was released on an album. It was off the album... Uh... uh God, what album is it off of? I think it's off of uh... Dynasty. No, no, it's an eighties. It's an eighties album. It's a, a no makeup album. Oh, so it's one of those songs that I I've always loved. It was never released as a single. I don't think it was ever played live. It, it might have been played live, but like maybe you know a couple dates or something. Mm-hmm. And it is often a song that is made fun of by Paul Stanley fans. Like they just hate songs like this from Kiss. So it's a Gene song written with Bruce Kulick and uh, Eric Carr. Those are the writers. Right. So Bruce wrote the song, gave it to Gene. Gene's like, hey, I got some ideas here. And then they brought in Eric Carr, the drummer, and they this is the song they came up with. So Chris Jericho, through Quarantine, decided to create a band called Quarantine, 
with a K. Okay. And their their goal is to push the Kiss songs that came out in, during the non-makeup years because they always get overlooked. They rarely get played in Kiss's, you know, concerts. Right. Um, it's Chris Jericho's favorite era of Kiss. Um, in a lot of ways, it's my favorite era of Kiss, too. You know, I've I've seen Kiss a number of times in the 80s, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is one of my favorite songs of all time. Hmm. So to see it actually get redone was pretty exciting. But here's the interesting story about this song. So Kiss have never done really well on the charts in general. They had a, a few hits here and there. And a lot of their big hits, like they, they might they might break the top 50, mm-hmm. you know, but they don't usually do much better than that. They've had a couple songs that have fared a little bit better, but um, they've never done really well. Like just for some reason, Kiss is anathema to to chart success. Right. So, but this song, when they released it, all, all self-distributed and everything else, it was released and it hit the charts at number 25. Wow. Which is higher than 99% of the Kiss catalog and also ranked much higher than Kiss's two big hits of the 80s. Because I think it was like, trying to think their other songs or high charting ones were like, like 64 up. and 65. No, Like It Up didn't even chart that well. Oh. Um, uh, uh, Hide Your Heart Forever. Detroit Rock City must have been. No. no. Nope. Nope. They've never done well in the charts. The albums have sold, but for some reason, the singles have never charted. So Chris Jericho takes uh, a song that Paul Stanley is often mocked. Um, cause Paul Stanley always makes fun of Gene Simmons. It's kind of an ongoing thing. And especially in the eighties, um, Paul felt like Kiss was his band and that was it. So interestingly enough, I was listening to a uh, podcast that Chris Jericho was on today and, uh, he was talking about, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the quarantine song, you know, it's, it's doing really good. It hit number 25 on the charts. And he says, uh, and I was talking to Paul Stanley about it because he's friends with Paul Stanley and friends with Gene Simmons, right? Like Chris Jericho's friends with everybody. And um, he was talking to Paul about it, saying, and I'm paraphrasing a lot here, but he was talking to Paul about it, and he said something along the lines of, you know, I want to, I want to record some of the Kiss songs, you know through quarantine and put them out and he's like yeah you know whatever go ahead and, <laughs> yeah whatever no, deal <laughs> no but he's, he was he was pretty okay with it yeah um paul stanley even wrote the forward to it like a chris jericho book or vice versa i can't remember like so they're actually like pretty good buddies oh, okay. paul stanley's been on the his podcast like four or five four times or something mm-hmm. um but anyway so he's like uh so i i said the first song i, I did was that was a gene song and he's like oh okay kind of like not impressed I guess maybe <laughs> but I want to do like I want to do one Gene one Paul and I want to do a Paul song he goes oh, okay well yeah um, and he said he wanted to do Heart of Chrome which is a hard song to sing and so Paul is kind of like yeah kind of like you know if I can't hit those notes you won't be able to sort right. of thing mm-hmm. and uh, I, I'll, I'll give it to Chris he does hit the he does hit the notes he there's a a tonality to his voice that I'm not very fond of, but Hey, he hits the notes, you know, by all, you know, by all accounts, he's hitting the notes. Right. But, um, uh, when it started charting, the, 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 the Gene Simmons song started charting, uh, I guess Paul Stanley took offense and got pissed off. He says, you know, it's funny. I haven't heard from Paul since that last conversation. Hmm. <laughs> and Gene's ecstatic. Hey, it's nice to see one of my songs on the charts. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, just publishing, right? Right. So, you know, they release it on iTunes and everything else. So you release a song while Gene Simmons is getting paid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know. He'll be making sure he's getting paid. So it, it's just very interesting. I don't know. I, I thought it was kind of cool. Hmm. But just watching that Phil, whatever, <laughs> that guy, and I'm like, this is how you don't do it. 
<laughs> and then you see this quarantine thing and it's it's great and the other songs are great too like you have to check it out it's it's pretty good but so their their plan is to for the length of the of quarantine they're going to keep recording these songs so this is under keep doing like does he have a is it on his uh youtube channel is that yeah it's on the chris jericho youtube channel okay so he and they do a video for each song they've done two songs so far and they're working on a third um and they're it? just going to keep doing it what was the other one uh, Heart of Chrome, and that's the Paul Stanley song. Are we listening to this one now? No, no, that's okay. <laughs> we can if you want. Um, that, anyway, it, yeah, it's cool. Like out of all the artists right now, Chris Jericho is making the most of his home time. He's got so many. Uh, so many things in the fire. It's like ridiculous. Well, he's probably bored out of his tree. Well, he's doing things to not be bored. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, if you, um, if you're not used to letting grass grow under your feet and you're always on the go and these guys are usually pretty busy. So when it comes to quiet time, they kind of get fidgety and have to start, you know, doing something. So if it's, uh, if it's not drinking, it, uh, <laughs> it might as well be something productive. Well, yeah, exactly. Like, it, it, I don't know. I think it's really awesome that he's, you know. Yeah, people are now, get pretty, get pretty creative. I, I think some people, I think he's pissing a bunch of people off too through this because, I mean, everything he's touching is turning to gold. Like, he's got a, he started a, 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 I don't know if it's a podcast, it's like a webcast. It's him and his two buddies from Winnipeg <laughs> on a Zoom chat. And it's, I don't know if it's released every week or something like that. And they just sit around and, Talk about Winnipeg, pretty much. Just Gab. And Gab, yeah. It's like, I don't know. And it just, I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. He seems to be able to do no wrong, but. Yeah. Hang out by the fireplace uh, with your with your favorite person. It's almost like when they do when they do the interviews. Uh, what was that one with Seinfeld? He was something about uh, coffee and cars or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he was pretty much just kind of interviewing people. That's a great show. Yeah. I, I've watched quite a few episodes. Yeah, that's pretty it's good. It's just so casual. Yeah. Like, it's nice. Like, So if you had uh, Chris Jericho and, uh, you know, by the bonfire with his buddies and you just kind of overhear the conversation, which is pretty much what podcasting is. Oh, yeah. Um, people having conversations and you're listening in. It, it's, it's a threesome that for the be, years. <laughs> that might be the show he has. Like he's got something, I don't know, it's called Saturday Night Special or something like that. And then Saturday nights, he does a Zoom call and he invites a bunch of his friends on, like his celebrity friends, I think, or something. Mm-hmm. Maybe wrestlers or musicians or or whatever. So, yeah, Pretty I don't cool. know. Yeah. So people are doing this stuff, man. Yeah, well, that it helps to have the equipment too. Figure out what it is you oh. want to do, production crew, and but uh, it didn't look like the well the video that was there. The production was, I'm I'm sure it was lower budget, but they did a good job. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's fine. Yeah. The uh, the other song, the Heart of Chrome. Oh, I wish I forgot to mention was um, Bruce Kulick actually is in there playing lead guitar. Mm-hmm. They actually uh, roped him in. Nice. But for real, like it's not fake like this other guy was doing. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. Like it was legit. They brought him in. Which is interesting because I was listening to an interview with, with Bruce Kulick because I've been following him a lot uh, since quarantine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm a huge Bruce Kulick fan. He's my favorite Kiss guitar player for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, he was talking about like he didn't have a studio set up at home. And I think it was Chris Jericho that like, well, get a studio set in your home, dude. Like, take advantage of this. So I think he has a, garage, not garage band, but he, um, what's the big one on um, on Mac? Mm. The recording software on Mac. Oh, I thought it was a garage band. No, no, but that's... that's there's, there's another one? There's a proper one. Garage band's not like the, the high-end one. Uh... It's the user-friendly one. It's not Cubase, but... Maybe it's, I don't know. I can't remember what it's called. But he anyway, he's got it installed at home. So I think that's how he was able to record with that, you know, that, that other band or something. Right. So, you know, he has the capability of recording from home now. And 
it, it's really weird because there seems to be a resurgence with Kiss lately, uh, especially the the non makeup years. Like there's just a lot of people talking about them. Hmm. But um, I've been listening to non makeup Kiss quite a bit actually in the last few weeks, and I just bought a book called Take It Off, which is a biography of Kiss during the non makeup years. Now is this a direct marketing? from Gene that he's putting out right now that's influencing the people buying these? Um, well, not like the, the album sales or are you talking about? No, like the, the book, the, the unmasking in the book and, and that, like, is this something that he's pushing right now? I don't know. I don't think so. I think Kiss had been relatively quiet. Okay. Cause if, but, but, but I think what it is, Todd, is I think that, Bruce Kulick and and his wife, like his, his wife seems like a real sweetheart. She's kind of like, Bruce, you got to do stuff. Don't just sit around. Like she's kind of urging him to go out and do stuff. And he's been releasing, he's been releasing videos all the time mm-hmm. on Facebook, just him like favorite licks. So he would uh, play along and, and, and play the solo or the, you know, play bits of this song or that song, you know, people would send in requests like, Hey, can you kind of explain how you did the solo for whatever? You know, just like kind of semi-instructional videos sort of things. Right. And then some of them he's playing them, and he'll just get it. You know, his wife will sing with him. Hmm. You know, just, sometimes just an acoustic guitar, but but he's been doing so many of these videos, and he's being interviewed a lot because he's he's available. He's more available than Gene and Paul are. Right. And he's way more. You know, he's way more accessible. You know, like uh, I've I've seen Bruce interviewed like you know, probably half a dozen times uh, just by, you know, a podcast or, you know, or this or that. Mm-hmm. And I think because of his visibility, it's reminding people go, yeah, that was, that was, that guy was a good guitar player. So I think, um, I think that's kind of helping the groundswell movement of the 80s kiss. Mm-hmm. Cause I mean, he was their longest running guitar player. You know, he was in the band longer than Ace really was. You know, by by a long by by a long stretch. So he's kind of taken over the marketing portion. Yeah, and I, I don't know if it's you know on purpose, but I mean he's just trying to keep working, and you know he he doesn't collect the paychecks that you know Gene and Paul do. I mean he was a hired gun, right? Right. He gets his publishing credits for writing songs, but you know he doesn't write as many songs as Gene and Paul does, right? So right. you know he's got to make a living. So I, I think that's one thing. And then this, and Chris Jericho has been pushing that. And Eddie Trunk is the other online guy that's been pushing 80s gifts. But this book came out um, three quarters of the way through. And the people commenting in this book, it's like there's a lot of fans of the 80s era. And everyone's kind of speaking out all at the same time. And I think because everyone's stuck at home, I think everyone has a lot more time to, you know, dig into their their CD catalog, right? And kind of take a listen to stuff. Yeah, go back in time. So yeah, it's just interesting. It's like I I don't know. This book's this book's excellent. It's like those XM radio stations. They have one for every era. Yeah. They probably even has a. They probably even have a Kiss channel. I just don't know if they would have. A, they do. They have a kiss, uh, you know, from when did they start? Sixty nine. Seventy seventy three. Oh, seventy three. Yeah. Oh, seventy three officially. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because then you'd have you could have different eras, uh, you know, with the makeup and then without the makeup, and you'd have their own stations. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, I just been on a. On a kiss kick. Hmm. It's been good. Yeah, I tried. Um, the funny thing with with kiss, I went to put a, a tune on today and tried to play with it, and they always they always tune down or something. It's everything's out of key, yeah. or it's like half, yeah, a, yeah. it's or even half a step. So that means you have to tune your guitar again. It's like I you know I don't want to bother. <laughs> I just go to the next song. They're one but, of the first bands to to to, to do that. Yeah, it was Kiss uh, Kiss Alive, or Live? Oh, Kiss Alive, yeah. Alive, yeah. Alive, yeah. yeah, Alive. 
Yeah, I put that on it, and played a couple of tunes, and I was like, oh, I can't. You know, do I grab a different guitar and, and tune it down a step and keep playing? Or you should you... listen to Alive 3. That's tuned different. Yeah. Alive 3 was recorded in the early 90s. Mm-hmm. And it's got Bruce Kielich on guitar. Right. Um, that, I think in the 80s they tuned up, I think. Well, They're like, let's play the songs different because the 80s is a different era and... I don't know the chords that bands are playing in the '80s, or, or I can't. I don't know what the reasoning was behind it, but they tuned up instead of tuning down. No, it's just like, to give the songs a, a whole different spit, <clears throat> whole different spin. Yeah, and they yeah. also played everything a lot faster too. Yeah, now stuff is like that gent stuff, the with the yep. drop drop A or whatever it is. They just yep. they just keep wanting to go down. They want to just shake the foundation, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the, the other thing I wanted to say too, in that book, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of, uh, g- clips from Brent Fitz from Winnipeg. He's that famous Winnipeg drummer that plays a slash. And remember he was the guy that was on stage when we saw Streetheart. Streetheart. No. Who did we see? It wasn't Streetheart. Remember we went At to the, the casino and we saw that. Yeah. yeah, the casino. Yeah, that was, uh, he was playing guitar, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he what just. What band was that? He was just, that Streetheart? He just sat in. Um, or no, Queen City Kids. Queen City Kids, yeah. That was? I think. So the guy that came out, he's he's the he's the drummer for uh, Slash's band. Wow. But he's also, he's also played with Gene Simmons, and he's also played with, um, he's so, played with everybody. So you can pretty much play anything. Oh, the, the guy plays every instrument. Wow. Um, yeah, so he's he's super talented. But anyway, he's because he's from Winnipeg, uh, he tells stories of, he, I don't know how many albums he covers, but he covers a few albums, and he's talking what it was like living in Winnipeg and being a Kiss fan, and how Kiss, you know, rarely came to the city. Like, he was highlighting, you know, oh, the show that I was actually at. So there's a lot of Winnipeg connections right. in this book, which is kind of, pretty cool because i mean chris jericho writes the forward hmm. he's from winnipeg obviously and right. then um brent fitz is in the book like a number of times and then uh, there was a kiss convention in winnipeg too which i think i could be wrong but i think brent fitz put it together and this would have been before brent fitz was i think brent fitz did he play in, i think he played in the bruce Kulick band post kiss called Union. I think he was the drummer for that band. Like so a, he was there and he was playing and Bruce Killick was at the convention too. So they had a Kiss um, convention here? Yeah. What year was this? I don't know. 2000s, I guess. Early 2000s, maybe. 2004? But, 2005? I can probably find it pretty easily. Because Bruce Kulick had his second album out. Album. That was a long time ago. <laughs> but I got to meet Bruce Kulick. Well, that's a plus. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was, I was... Were you shaking? I was... <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, so he, yeah, it was. It would have been in and around two thousand three, sometime after two thousand and three. Wow. Because I went to the convention. He played. Mm-hmm. I think he played with Brent Fitz. I think that's who he was drumming with. He was just kind of playing a bunch of kiss songs. It was really really cool. It was like just kind of. It was very loose. Uh, the Paul Stanleys played there as well. Mm-hmm. You've seen those guys before. Yep. Um. So then um, he was, you know, he was signing stuff. So I waited in line and picked up his Transformer CD, which is really, really good. Um, and he signed it. Did you open and it? I still have it. Was that? Did you open it? Yeah, I did. <laughs> I opened it so he could sign it, actually. Oh, okay. I was going to say, if he signed the plastic on the outside, then it's like, well, I can't open it now. Yeah, no, no. No, I opened it and he signed the inside cover of the CD. Cool. Um, and it was cool. Like, they had, like, memorabilia and stuff like that. And, you know, action, you know, all the people. Oops. 
all the various action figures and stuff. <laughs> just just paraphernalia stuff. It was really, really cool. All the stuff Gene has on his desk. Yeah. <laughs> all the stuff they made selling. It, but it, it was neat. Like, it was neat that we had one. And, and I'm pretty sure... Oh, and Brent Fitz also played with... Um, I don't know for sure, but I think he had some connection with Shake Naked too at some point or something. We we covered this before. We did we talked about Brent Fitz before. Um but he was he was part of that scene when we were going through the bars and listening to all the various bands in the city. He was in one of those bands. Right. Um and he played around quite a bit, so so anyway, yeah, it was, I don't know. Hmm. So I, I think I might force feed you some eighties kiss tracks. I'll I'll pick a bunch that I think you'd like. <laughs> And just because I want you to hear Bruce Kulick and his playing, his tone. Um, and it's always Ace Freely, Ace Freely, Ace Freely, which is fine. I mean, you know, he founded the band and everything, and he is very amazing. Well, he's he's got his own, he has his own technique and his own sound. So, I yes. mean, you put Bruce, in, it's going to sound different. It doesn't matter who you put in there. Anybody that's going to put something in somewhere that writes, it, it'll be totally night and day difference. But, um I was going through all of those, as I was going through this book, I'm like, okay, well, which songs did Bruce co-write? Because, and, and I guess what I realized was the songs that he has presence on are my favorite Kiss songs from the 80s period. And the song, the album that he wrote the most on was uh, Asylum, which we had that episode a long time ago, about favorite, uh, top five favorite Kiss albums with we did with Danny. Yep. And that was my uh, that was my number five or number four, number five favorite album of all time for Kiss. And I went through and he like co-wrote like seven of ten tracks or something, hmm. or something like that. And then six six or seven of of the tracks. And I really like that album. Like the the guitar playing on that album is so tasty. Um, he's got flash. He's got you know moments of like Eddie Van Halen stuff in there. Right. Or, or like a, maybe not quite a Steve Vai, but maybe like a Joe Satriani. Like he's a really, really good guitar player. He's very, very technical, and he plays lots of different styles. He's he's so underrated as a Kiss guitar player. Everyone always forgets about him. Right. But man, he's so good, and his solo <laughs> stuff is amazing. Well, I'm like, not I'm not too familiar with the Kiss's catalog in the uh, in that era, so. Yeah, if you have a, a couple of songs, yeah, shoot them by and take a listen to them and see what. Uh, see yeah, I'll create a, I'll create a little playlist and I'll um, I'll I'll do a, a few maybe I don't know I'll, maybe three or four tracks from the '80s Kiss stuff. Right. That stands out, and then maybe I'll I'll give you a couple to listen to from his solo, his various uh, projects he did outside of Kiss. So does he sound the same when he plays with Kiss than when he doesn't? Does, um, does, is that his style he has, that he keeps? He has a style. He does have a style. You kind of know it's him playing. Oh, okay. Because he also played on the Animalize record, which he wasn't officially on that record. But I always felt there was like solos in there, like, God, that sounds like Bruce. But I know he wasn't on this album. And reading this book, I'm like, oh, he was on that album. He just was uncredited because... You know, they kiss, do that all the time. They, you know, it's just four people in the band. Yeah, but you had 27 musicians on this album. <laughs> yeah, there's <laughs> only four people, though. Like, they, they, you know, they always obscure the facts, right? Yeah, we're just going to pay the four. <laughs> uh, the rest, like, no. Yeah, like the the Kiss reunion album where Ace and Peter were back in the band. They put that album out called Psycho Circus. And Peter only played drums on one of the songs. They had session people playing everything else, including Bruce Kulick. <laughs> well, Peter Chris, didn't he have, um, was there arthritis? Um, he was getting carpal tunnel. Car yeah. Yeah. A lot of years of drumming. Yeah. Yep, lots of drumming. Well, I didn't mean, mean for this to be so kiss-centric, but there you be. <laughs> There you'd be. We uh, we actually had something else scheduled tonight, which which kind of fell through. But we'll we'll do that at another time. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I'm gonna let you go. Um, 
and uh, we'll do this. I don't know if we can do this next week because we get the podcast festival. Right. Not this weekend, but next weekend. Right. Yep. Which I'm nervous for. <clears throat> It'll be fine. Yeah. What could go wrong? <laughs> yeah. Where's yeah. Nothing. This thing made out of wood. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how it goes. It, it, it'll be good. It'll be good. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to try to get some video game time in before bed. Alrighty. I think I need to have a whiskey tonight. There you go. You're not driving anywhere, All right. so. <laughs> nope. 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 Not for a long time. Oh, yeah. And I also was going to tell you, I uninsured my car as well. Oh, because you're not using it? Nope. Yeah, it's not really... So, uh, just so you know, if you want to un- uninsure your car because you're not driving it because of COVID, I was actually able, I called in. Right. Uh, waited on a hold for a long time and just went to the website left a message there on the website and then they actually called me back. It was about four or five hours later, but they called me back mm-hmm. and I told them what I wanted to do. And they're like, yep, we can do it right now. Like over the phone. Yep. Very, very easy. Wow. I was able to switch my insurance. Um, so they're going to send me a check for the difference in the mail. Right. Nice and easy. Easy peasy. Easy peasy. So I got storage insurance or whatever it's called where you're not driving your car at all. Yeah. You want to keep that though. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm not like completely uninsuring it, but um, I can just park it in the driveway. Just, you know, and, um, you know, if I reinsure it later, like for the road, then I can do that later. Mm-hmm. You know, no, no biggie. Very easy to do. So highly recommend it. Exactly. Why pay extra for your car if you're not using it? Yeah. So if yeah. So if you're not using your car, call in MPI. Take take the insurance yep. off it and just put storage on it for now. Yeah, and they just send you a check. I'm like, oh, that's not how I paid. It doesn't matter. MPI would just give you a check for it. It's not going <laughs> to mess around. So right. Hey, and our phone call didn't crap out this time. Yeah. I recorded this in Silver Moon Salon today. Wow. It actually felt good in there. So you're like in that fancy chair. <laughs> oh my god. Yep. Yep, that fancy chair is awesome. There you go. Well worth it. You know, as soon as I stepped into my office, it started getting funny. Oh. <laughs> okay. So we'll be doing them from the salon from here on out. <laughs> We're here from the studio and the salon. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Live at Silver Moon Salon. There you go. All right. All right. So we'll tap it. We'll cut. Tap it off here. And, <laughs> uh, send me the file and. I'm going to work on setting up my Behringer. Alrighty. All right. Talk to you later. See you later. See you later. Bye. Okay. Bye.